podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 32, and we'll be talking last night's UFC card from Fight Island, as well as a few other bits and pieces. The show's available on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, home to many different shows and series, top guests, expert analysts, and more. So please follow us on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and more you can find the links and everything in the description and uh, yeah so joining me to talk about all these things is uh, first of all we had former cage warriors champion uk mma legend mr danny button how are you uh, mate yes i'm all good why is it i never get bored of hearing you say it the way you do <laughs> you got to build your build your ego up haven't you before i rip down your useless opinions for the next hour <laughs> no it's uh Good to have you back, mate. I haven't had you back. I haven't had you on the show for about four episodes, it feels like, but I think it's three. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back, but there was all good reasons and very happy reasons why I wasn't around. As this is very, uh, very, very successful week. So, yeah, we yeah. had Lewis. Lewis joined me on Thursday for the live show, and I had, um, and then I had uh, Richard Mearns and... James Lynch joined me on the Sunday show, but uh, it was all good. I'll have a little chat to you about that now, but before I do, I'm going to introduce a welcome back for the second time. He loved it so much that he wanted more. Bellator MMA, welterweight, Mr. Lewis Long. Welcome back, buddy. What's going on? You all right, mate? Yes, I'm all good. All good. Lots has changed, I'm sure, since Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, more Welsh wins. That's it. More Welsh wins. Welsh were on fire this week. But it was uh, quite a successful week. I I um I tweeted out earlier that uh if any fighters need, you know, they want to be successful, they just need to come on this podcast because all the all the fighters who've been on the podcast, they all won. So uh if you're superstitious and you're a mixed martial art fighter, this is this is the place to be, 100%. <laughs> Looks like I need to get a fight then. Yeah, get a fight quick. Oh, yeah, better so. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So, Dan, go on, we'll have a quick chat about it. How was Abu Dhabi? Yeah, I mean, the, the experience was unique from the get-go. Um, firstly, we had to be tested and quarantined um, at the parking right next to Heathrow. So it was an experience being trapped in your room and just having food delivered, knocked on the door. You couldn't see no one or anything. Um, yeah, so that was how it started out, and uh, and then when we uh, got the coach to be driven to Heathrow, the cra- uh, uh, the coach crashed. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ! A lot of people probably don't even know about. That's uh, a it, good start. Uh, it hit an overhead uh, canopy as you approach into where the coach is pull over, and the guy just drove too far and hit the <laughs> roof. We all tumbled forward in there. Um, how no one was hurt, I don't know. But uh, I felt sorry for the coach driver, really did. But yeah, that's how that all started out. So it was all exciting stuff. But the flight over, um, 
you know, I, I've flown numerous times through arrangements with uh, Bellator, and uh, you know, you just get a standard flight. It's all economy, um, but this was fantastic. Um, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Etihad, 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 yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh wow! I mean, um, we just had a regular seat for myself. Modesto had the business class on the way over, but yeah, it was see. just like I was in business class. It was amazing. Um, the food was just of the highest order. You actually have metal knives and forks. You had to have <laughs> some serious biceps to lift these things as well. Um, and yeah, so that was just great. And um, yeah, and Abu Dhabi itself and the place that we were put up into was incredible. And wow, UFC uh, seriously organized, seriously organized. They had a 24-hour physio there for the fighters. Um, you had a nutritionist who sorted out all their meals according to their weight. And um, again, 24-hour call for any concerns. Um, it was just incredible. Um, uh, with Modesta's certain type of meals, they said, look, we're going to put a microwave in your room. We, um, he had a, an infected burst on his knee. So they brought him in this device that wraps around your knee and keeps it cold. Um, they were just absolutely on it. I've just never experienced anything like that regards the organisation. So well done, UFC. Sounds like a good thing. But like I said before, it doesn't sound like you did much work. Sounds like you just sat around in your room. Sure, what? Not doing it much. It wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it might have seemed that way. Um, Modestas is a professional through and through. Oh, of course he is. I know he and, is. And, but it, that means he makes you work when you're out there. He knew that we was going to be fighting between 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning abby dabby time so yeah. at 3:30 every morning our alarms would go off and we'd do an hour to hour and a half technical training drilling um you know questions and answers prep up for for his opponent yeah every single morning he wanted to do that oh my god that was that was tough it was tough so yeah it was yeah, um, yeah. it wasn't all leisure <laughs> but it went well mate the fight went well yes it did yeah um we we knew that his knee would be a target because um, everyone was messaging saying, hey, what's wrong with his knee? Um, when he did that little, they do like a little demonstration of movements and they kind of make it look like a computer game. And right, okay. uh, straight away, people were messaging me and circling his knee. What's happened? What's happened? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, look, it's just an effective burst. It's nothing too serious. It just hurts a little bit when he knelt on it. The structure of the knee was sound. But we knew that if everyone else was noticing it, we also knew that his opponent would also notice it. And I said, look, we can actually use this as a, um, a strategy. I said, but, um, you know, we know he's going to target that knee. So we're going to start prepping up those cross hands to try and counter that leg kick, but not for the first round. Because in the first round, he's going to have too much pep on that kick. Um, I said, you know, really don't want to be really receiving that kick heavy in the first round. So that's why he's doing a lot of circling mm. and a lot of um, lead leg switching um, as he threw the kick. So it landed on his foot predominantly rather than being lumped up with the shin. Because we've all seen Tom Tom again uh, in UFCs and Bellator, what happens with those shin kicks to, to the lower leg, how... how devastating it could be so um, that's why you saw him foot, foot round a lot in the first round and the second round had it gone there was going to be more standing his ground and, and countering the counter because um, his opponent was using Modestas' uh, range coming in with his footwork um, he was just sitting and waiting and landing that leg kick in and we was going to counter the counter with that cross hand yeah. uh, but like I say never got that far um, you know two times he's won against guys who try to wrestle with him um, with those short, choppy elbows. You really get some acceleration on those elbows. Um, yeah, I think people think twice about pushing him up against the fence with their head on the waist like that now. Yeah, they were brutal. Did um, yeah. well, You know when that, when that finish happened, were you, was there any ever, ever a worry from like uh, you and his old man that maybe 
they were going to rule them as illegal sort of after the no, fight or did you it, always it, feel comfortable? No, were? not at all. It was right in our corner. I saw everything oh, that was good. happening. And, you know, like I say, we were drilling and prepping every day leading up mm. to it. And we were working different levels uh, regards to the head position, being pushed up against the wall. And we were working out different counters. And when you come in with your head low like that and try to link your hands, that linkage of the hands don't come quickly. You have to work and bury your, uh, bury your arms behind. And to do that, yeah. your head quite often to get the reach, your head comes round to the side. When your head comes round to the side, you're open for the elbows. That's the only issue with trying to uh, link your hands together. Just doing a double leg with your arms separate, you can keep your head kind of to the front of the body, protecting yourself mm. from those strikes. But trying to reach that that linkage, yes, it's beneficial if you can nail it because you're almost guaranteed to get that takedown. But to 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 bite it in, you're going to receive some shots if you're not quick with it, and and that's what we saw. Yeah, it was impressive, mate. It's really impressive, and the, like I said, the the elbows look brutal. Um, I did feel we, me and Lewis, discussed it on Thursday. We felt a little bit sorry for him because we felt like he maybe fell over because they opened the door to the cage. But right. equally, he was looking a bit stumbly anyway. So I think yeah, even if I, the I door wasn't there, he would have fallen against the cage anyway. Yeah, yeah, people didn't see what happened backstage. He was staggering backstage as well. Um, nah, he was care. completely concussed backstage. Um, and I, I know surprised. he was really complaining about it, but yeah, um, it is what it is. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it go into a second round. Although, obviously, being first UFC fight, you're just happy to get it put out of the way quick because it's stressful being in the corner when you've got someone you care about in there. And yeah. Put, invested so much time and effort in, so it's so stressful. Honestly, it was easier when I was getting in there myself. It really was. Um, so anxiety levels were pretty damn high, but it would have been good to get those experiences of extra time in the cage in the UFC. But it just wasn't to be. You know, he got the job done in the first round. You can't knock him for that. No, and I think you can't, his, his, um, his debut couldn't have been much more impressive. Um, <clears throat> Lewis, you were, obviously you watched it and you, we talked about it a bit on Thursday, but um, was there anything which kind of stuck out for you from Modestus's performance? I just thought those elbows were on point in there. And again, if he's done it before, people are going to really be careful when they drop drop for uh, drop for legs or trying to trying to link their hands. Mm. Um, and again, like I don't think it was like a bad stoppage at all. Like, it was a perfect no. stoppage, as we said. Like if he, if the cage door hadn't opened, he would have just slid down the cage. And if he'd gone yeah, out yeah. for round, if he'd gone out for round two, he'd he'd ended up in in you know, in the morgue, like yes. rather than just concussed. So. Yeah, I well, think Dan Moverheady. Well, the officials, like. Yeah, yeah, Dan Moverheady was. Um, he put his arms behind his back and was saying to him to see whether he's going to be coherent, and he, mm. he just kept answering, "Are you okay? You have to stand up. Are you willing to continue?" And he just wasn't responding. And to to put your hands both flat down on the mat like that, and then sit to your bum before even thinking about getting up, to me it goes to show show that there was obviously something wrong with his awareness somewhere down the line and yeah, you know, the rest are being more cautious I thought think that, I think that was the first time Dan Moverhead had been refereeing in UFC as far yeah. as I understand um, but, he got you know, some criticism later in the night as well for um, there was the uh, one oh, fight he kept standing people he stood someone up who was fight was it a little bit early yeah I think yeah. I and it was uh, like but it was really weird mate it was like like they went to the ground and they he just stood him up like almost immediately it was like 30 seconds or something and I just, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was a bit strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to take him a little while to fire on all cylinders. You know, it's a big stage to step up on for referees. And they're under such scrutiny, as we 
we know we've had that as discussions recently ourselves on the podcast. You know, it's a it's a bit of a pressure pressure job. You know, oh, yeah. 100%. Um, I think initially he he done pretty good, and yeah, okay, some of the fights may have been stood up a little early, but you know, everything that was happening kept everything safe and kept yeah. it flowing, if nothing else. And and you know, the refs are really diligent that the action is maintained when hitting the ground. You know, you really have to be active. You can't be seen to pin and hold. Um, so I, I kind of don't disagree with it. You, the worst thing in the world is to bring back, you know, just the laying and praying on the ground with just body, body, head shots. Um, and they did say that and reiterated that in the back room. They said, you will be stood up if you're on both knees, just hitting the body and hitting the head and not looking like you're trying to be intentional with it. So if you're looking to even stall with your stripes, you're going to be stood up. Mm. So I'm not surprised that they were being stood up um, earlier than you normally expect. I think they wanted it to be all action. And for the best part, that's what you got for the night. I think it was pretty it was good fights on the night. It was a really good night, really good night of fights. It's been, i got to say, um, like we're going to move on to last night. And uh, i got to say, these three Fight Island cards on the UFC from UFC have been uh, really good. There's been like two, three, four fights, which have been really exciting to watch on every card. Um, and last night's was, was no different. Um, right. We're going to kind of have a little chat about a couple of the prelim fights because there was, again, a couple of British guys and Irish guys. So we'll, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about the prelims first before we move into the, into the, yep. uh, the main card. Uh, so the first one was, um, was Brett Johns versus Montel Jackson. Um, Brett took a little bit of time to get going that first round. I think he was a bit um, tentative, maybe, and um, he got caught as well. And I thought he showed yeah. um, really good uh, grit, determination, whatever you want to call it. He settled himself after getting floored, and you know went on to to win the fight. Lewis, what did you make of that first round? Obviously, yeah, like I say, Brett went down. <laughs> well, I, I, if I if I, I knew the decision before I watched it, because I watched it today. And of course, my new seed was flooded with um, obviously congratulations for him. But um, the first two minutes of it, if I was watching that, I'd have, I would have been worried, you know. Yeah, I was. I didn't know. know the result, and I was worried because um, you know Brett got taken down. He ended up on his back. You know, dropped in that first round. You know, he, he done a lot. It was good work in the first round as well. But it, it, for me, I know Brett, and he's stuck. You know, he's stuck to the floor. Taking him down is. Is nigh on impossible, and seeing him, you know, get that, you know, get you know, in the first exchange, getting taken down, and then, and then just knocked to the floors. I was a bit like, yeah, he does win. He, he does win, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just double checking, like, like oh, shit. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, um, no, I mean, you got, probably you can definitely conceded that first round, but other than that, he just brought it back, and uh, he's a solid grappler, tough as they come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he settled that, that into take, he settled into oh, it, didn't he? Gone down. Yeah, that that takedown that that happened in that first round, um, it was just a a, a split second uh, lack of awareness of what he was doing with that engaging leg. So he was trying to step outside to try and drag the leg out of his opponent. Then he just placed his foot down on the inside leg, and that's what got him tripped down. And I just think he underestimated the length of his opponent. You know, he's got really yeah. long legs, and he just he just had his foot nicely behind Brett and just took him over, and it was it was like. Brett really just, it was completely mistaken. Rather than actually being taken down, although that was what happened, it was just a, a split second misplacement of his foot and mm. it was enough to be tripped down. And at this level, yeah. you know, in UFCs, you know, Bellator, 
um, one or two things like that. You make a mistake, you're going to get paid. Uh, well, like, you know, that could have been done. You know, could have been done. Yeah, absolutely. Another, you know, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, and but yeah, you don't see him make those mistakes often. There. No, you know, no, no, you don't. He took a he took a really clean shot, which floored him. Which, like we said, yeah. And I, I did because I didn't know the result when I watched it, and I was like, Oof, I got a bit. I did yeah. get a bit worried because he he first couple of seconds he did look a bit, uh, you know, like he'd been at his bell bell rung a bit. But um, mm-hmm. I was impressed with not just how first of all how he settled himself in that first round after that to you know to see out the round and, and make sure that it was it didn't lead to any further damage or issues and then to go on into the second round um danny what was your thoughts on that sort of second round then and his recovery from getting knocked yeah down? yeah he started really getting his groove um started to show his intent to smother his opponent um, and his opponent was really awkward like i say he's really long clearly got potentially dangerous striking um but there were holes in his opponent's game and um brett was able to probably get sense of where he knew he could have the advantage and he kept taking it there and I thought he was really getting himself together well in that second round and, and he needed to as well he didn't for me in my mind I felt like he may well have lost that first round it was really oh, yeah, close definitely. Um, but yeah it wasn't looking good for him but the way he got himself back he go to show that you know he, he's a grueler man he's 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 gonna fire he'll, on all cylinders because of hope and some people lose hope um, when when they lose a round like that but he come back well strong I was really impressed, and he just goes to show you know what kind of character he is. He's in there to win, no matter how rounds go. I gotta say, he and it should, <laughs> you know what I was gone. Go, did, go, did, 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 didn't take you say oh, that was an even round. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he no, said no, he, yeah, yeah. he said he thought it was a ten ten round, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was not not the. Case. I wasn't having that. Yeah, I didn't think that. But then yeah. you know, but then, fully enough, like I, I, the last two fights which Brett had. Um, Dan, we obviously we've covered him on here, and yep. I think since he come back from his injury, those two fights, I've been really impressed with him, and he's really shown yeah. how he was able to compete with the likes of Aljamain Sterling, and um, yeah. oh, who was the other one, Pedro uh, Munez, who he fought previously yeah. and and took him close right. as well, um, and you know those guys are right at the top of the division now, so I think yeah, it go it does go to show he's, he's got so much talent and grit, and he's just got balls of steel, man. I mean, he if just, you're gonna. It, it, if you're gonna have losses, they're not they're not like the, the worst, worst people to lose to. Either. You know, no. and, and both and both unanimous decisions as well. You know, it's not like you know, yeah, he wasn't just. It's not like a first you know, round submission no. or cut knockout, was it? Was um, mm. anything in from that second round, uh, Lewis, which stuck out for you from Brett? I I just liked it the way he kept he kept he kept, um, kept the boys' range down. You know, he stayed mm. inside. Uh, I almost went against him having those long arms because as soon as he'd throw, he'd be on our lead right leg because the boy was south forward and he just, boom, easy, easy sort of uh, yeah, yeah. pick up on those legs and um, re- really struggled uh, to do anything against him. I mean, it was in the end of the second he took his back. Yeah, yeah that's it was it, just right the at the second, end. Yeah, the body, tri- body triangle. But the, the guy kept holding his wrist, didn't he? Now, they were talking about his gloves. He has a double XL glove. He's got bigger um, hands than Which is nuts for that weight division. So, obviously, this guy kept going for the wrist wrestling. Um, and I think that was his saving grace for being subbed out yeah. at the end of that second round because he just kept hold of that wrist. So awkward. You know what it's like when someone's got a good grip? And yeah. Again, some, 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 some with arms as long as that that can stop a takedown or pin a wrist. Yeah. 
it's, 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 it's so frustrating as a fighter. Yeah. And especially to be in such a prone position like uh, the back with, with, the re- with the legs locked on and still yeah. have your arms tied up. You know? mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he looked really awkward. Really, really awkward. Yeah. He had a lot of... He had a lot of awareness of the potential dangers and, um, you know, he was doing the right things in a very different way, um, you know, h- hence holding the wrist the way he did. Now, wrist wrestling is something that we've all gone come climatised with, but I haven't seen it in that extent. And, you know, he took true, adv- true advantage of that huge hand, set of hands that he's got um, and, and keeping a hold of Brett's, Brett's wrist. And like I said, I felt like it was his saving grace. The only unfortunate thing hit him, him was that it was just effective defence. And if you're defending yeah. all the time, you're not winning. Um, yeah. So that's why it went up going against him the way it did. Yeah, I was impressed by the way the adjustments Brett made from the first round, and you know credit goes to Brett and, and Shaky and and the rest of them because in the first round I think his range on the feet did cause Brett some issues because he was so long, and then obviously like you guys said about when he got taken down, it was down to the you know the length and the reach of the of uh, Jackson, but I felt like. Yeah in that second round and again in the third round, they made the necessary adjustments to negate his range on the feet, meaning that he could, you know, go about his business that he, you know, yeah. and the fight that he wanted to fight in the, in the second and third round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you reckon without his reach and the size of his hands, he probably would have got submitted at the end of that <laughs> second think, round. I, you? I think he, yeah, he would have had size a hard time hands. trying to survive. Yeah. Um, he would have had a hard time trying to prevent those arms linking around his neck and, you know, having those finishes put on him. Oh, he would have at least have to have been defending and escaping some very awkward submission opportunities from Brett. But um, it did nullify the the full extent of the dangers. And uh, it's just the amount he kept going for the wrist. It's obviously something he's got accustomed to in his own training and sparring. And, um, yeah, but like I say, he's just got to learn now to actually turn counters with this wrist control and get some Mm. offensive fighting off himself to make himself more effective. Otherwise, he's going to get smothered again. You know, people will look at this um, and they'll be seeing weaknesses in uh, Jackson's game. They'll yeah. see a lot of re- resistance to the submissions, but you you can win fights just by smothering, which is what we saw from Brett. Yeah, he, Brett's really good in the, in the, on the ground. It's, yeah, like, very impressive. It's, uh, it's very difficult once he gets you there. Um, the third round began uh, with Jackson going for like this big, uh, I think it was a left hook, and... Um, Brett just popped in with a nice left of his own. And then he kind of went the same way. But um, I, I just thought Brett was impressive. The second and third round, I thought Brett Johns was excellent. And mm-hmm. I thought he showed the weaknesses that Jackson had outside of his, his reach and his, his striking. Um, what did you make of that third round, uh, Dan? Okay, third round, yeah. So I started noticing the pattern of how he was able to keep negating into the wrestling realm um, against Jackson. And what, he was, what was happening was they were both in opposite stance. And when you're in opposite stance, your lead legs are really close. It's a way of getting a good attachment to, to their legs mm. to try and pick up on a single. Um, the issue with trying to pick up a single when you're opposite stances, bearing in mind you're probably going to go for the lead leg for a single pickup and engagement, is that you've got to throw a shot and make a step to try and engage on that, that lead leg. Um, when you're opposite stances... Uh, you're kind of really close to that leg. And if you have a look back at the fight, you see how he kept on picking up that single to get his entry. Um, so, you know, this, whether it was a game plan or it just fell in place for him in that way, uh, this was how he was able to keep forcing that wrestling on, on Jackson. Uh, so that was, you know, just something I observed. And I think by, by this point, 
Brett almost just knew the route to victory. He, yeah. he, he knew he was only getting good defensive work from Jackson and Jackson's danger work was really out in the open at strike range. Yeah, I saw Jackson, he nailed a couple of shots like in that third round from distance, but he was never able yeah. to nail maybe more than one or two. And Brett also hit him with a couple of nice counter shots in between, yes, you know, get going for the single leg. Um, anything else you want to add to that, uh, Lewis? No, again, it's just I, I just think about Jackson. You know, if I was in his corner or his coach, what? Well, I mean, why wasn't he? Why wasn't he bringing up knees? Or you know, he yeah. knows the style of fight, fight that he was against, and um, you know, he just didn't get his range off. He let Brent spread stand there, where he could just get that leg, pick that leg up yeah. all day, every day, and he's good at that anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. without it just being gifted to him as well. You know, it. it yeah, I, I was I was frustrated with the with his opponent not you know adjusting his game. He didn't yeah make the adjustments, I, did he? Because I always try and think when I watch fight, what would I say to the what would I say to the fighter if I was in their position? You know, what would I say from the corner? And you know, you think start, start lifting up your legs, start throwing some headkicks, yeah. start, start keeping them away. But no, you yeah, yeah, Lewis is absolutely just, right. You know. You're absolutely right, Lewis. You know, um, you know, whenever I'm training my guys, I always try to prep them in a way where, how would I prep someone to beat them? Um, yeah. So, th so that's how I sort of say, look, you've got to be aware of this. If I was your position, I'd be telling them to work on this part. I know this part's weak in your game, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He didn't make adjustments and he could have made his length count and be even more so dangerous with those knees, with more chopping elbows to try to make that clinch yeah. at least anxiety field. Um, so, so Brett had to fight through, through some flack. Um, he didn't have to do that. Every time he entered in, he entered in quite clean on, on, on Jackson. Yeah, there was um, about two minutes into that third round. Even though he had the you know the height advantage, Brett kind of threw him across the um, across the cage. Like it was like a hip yeah. toss, and uh, and, he, uh, and he just hit him with a couple of really nice cross faces from sort of behind, and. Um, just, I just thought he was very impressive, to be honest. And <laughs> I know his dad, right? I know his dad, Bertie, right? Because we used to be on the judo mat together. Mm. And I, I know he's going to be like, you put a hip into him, but why didn't you kick his legs away? Why knew Harry Gosh him? But I can see him now. Going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, it was, um, again, it's about when you consider the first round, the issues which were there, to then have two back-to-back -back rounds the way he did, I think not just shows a, a intelligence, like a fight IQ, which we talk about on this show all the time, but like yeah. to make the necessary adjustments. But also, he, you know, as we know, Brett Johns has got a hell of a chin because he did take some, you know, he took a couple of shots mm. throughout. And apart from that one, which I think took him by surprise. Mm. Again, I wonder whether that took him by surprise because he was quite far away from him. So whether he maybe thought he was out of range, I'm not mm. sure, but yeah, it's just yeah, it was good. So uh, Brett Johns won twenty nine twenty eight, twenty nine twenty eight, twenty nine twenty eight. But tell, tell you decision. what, Brett, though, Brett is a, obviously a stand up guy in and out of the cage. You know, he's a real, real martial artist and real, real stand up bloke. Like I love him to bits. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be more happier for him, his family, and his team. A bit hilarious, you know. I think they champion like so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> No, they um, they had a, a good week. Did sure MMA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, absolutely. So the next one we were going to look at from the preview, uh, the prelims was the Irishman Joe Duffy uh, fought 
uh, Joel Alvarez was only, I think, well, what did it last? Uh, two minutes, 25 of the first round. Um, Joe Duffy's had a rough time of it and uh, it didn't get better for him, uh, Danny. Yeah, um, he chose to have a professional boxing coach in his corner because, as we know with Duffy, he's got a, a, a good pedigree background with, with the pro boxing, what have you. Um, feeling like it might make his hands more technical. But really, the, the main successes we saw actually with his low point kick. Um, you know, maybe because he was threatening the hand rage, it was making him uh, be able to follow up with that leg kick afterwards. But then his opponent was also scoring those low point kicks. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Duffy seems to be having a hard time of it. You know, any opponent when you're in the UFC has got the potentiality to beat you. And um, he seems to be, always be on the receiving end of it. Um, you know, and as well, he just scored with a lovely takedown as well. Um, before the inevitable happened, you know, with your head stuffed down like that, yeah, utterly gutted for him. I don't know, uh, I don't know how many fights he's got left on his contract, but you got to wonder whether he's at risk of being cut at this point. He's retired. Oh, yeah, he he's retired. Didn't know. No, I didn't uh, know that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, you um, put up, you put up a post saying he retired. So my uh, personal, my personal thought is like, yeah, he went, in, yeah, he went in with that in his head anyway. Yeah, it's quite right quick, on. otherwise, isn't it? And then when it sort of went, ah, fuck, you know, I'm out. I'm just went, mm. um, you yeah. Know, yeah, as I said, you know, if you're thinking about that, it is in your head when, when times get tough. It's, yeah. You know, you know <laughs> you're thinking about retiring anyway, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bless him a lot. Again, Joe's a lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah. I wish Joe Duffy from Arbiter Larry. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's from Arbiter Larry. Is he? <laughs> yeah, as I've known him for years because he used to train in uh, a gym opposite Cheeky's called Falcons. So he was Irish? I uh, know, no. He is when well, he's Irish descent, but no, he was brought up in the valleys. <laughs> I did not know. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he got signed to the UFC. This is Irish Joe Duffy. And it's all of us in Wales going. Oh, all right. Genuine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> never. I didn't know that. Yeah. I wondered why he spoke with a valleys accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, good luck to him. He's had a, a great career. Like it's, uh, it haven't really yeah. worked worked out for him in the, you know, in the UFC. But he got there, and uh, you know, he done well elsewhere. So you can't fault him. But yeah, you know, he, I'm sure as well. He's got a lot to offer, whether it be coaching or like media work or whatever. You know, whatever it may be, commentating. Cage Warriors, UFC, you know, there's stuff to be done in there, Bellator. There's uh, more and more academies and, you know, and gyms and MMA places which are looking for top-level guys to teach the new generation, isn't it? I'd I'd hate to say that was it for him. I know he's like, mate, 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 retired from fighting for the moment, but, you know, as you said, he's got such a good skill set. He's 7-0 as a pro boxer, as, as, as well as being... You know, so good in in the cage as well. You know, he just mm-hmm. uh, had, had issues with injuries and never come back with that momentum. It's uh, yeah, it's sad to see, but yeah. yeah, it didn't go well for him though, did it? Um, the actual fight, uh, he lost by a guillotine, um, and it came from him taking down Alvarez. The uh, the finish, he kind yeah. of took him down, and then he just got caught and had nowhere to go, did he? Yeah. Was there anything do you think he should have done differently once he's once he taken him down and he was he had that guillotine in Lewis? Was there anything he could have done to? Um, I mean, 
he, he didn't do anything is is is, is, the, is, is the answer that's why I, I, I seem to think that he just um didn't didn't want to be in there once he got in right okay. uh, he didn't go to the elbow he didn't go to the hands he didn't look to roll stack he didn't do, just 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 waited hand was in the air you know like wait, you know, uh three two okay yeah that's enough you know what i mean it's just yeah just and i guess face, like to um to announce his retirement, what, 24 hours or like a couple of days later? It's quite quick, isn't it? So he must have been, it must have been in his mind, like you said, yeah. before the fight. And then if you're already thinking about it before you go in there, it's I'm not saying it distracted him, but it's there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like if things are playing on your mind or you're thinking about stuff beforehand, it's going to have some sort of effect, whether whatever yeah. it may be. Um Danny, what did you you know? What did you think of it? I know it wasn't very long, but was there sort of anything you felt he could have, should have done? Yeah, just really uh, with the way he took him down, he took the guy down, but obviously had his head stuffed really low. Yeah, um, which is always a danger zone, especially with someone who's long with with slim arms like that that can hook underneath your neck. But the guy had uh, a one hook guard, and mm. whenever someone's got one hook guard, if you want to advance your position in regards to being put in a guillotine, etc., you need to push past that knee on the hook side. Um, you know, he, he just didn't attempt to even, um, you know, t- to my surprise. He could have got his body round more and taken a bit of pressure off that neck by pushing past that knee. But he rose up, which is like stage one of trying to defend the position, but just didn't post on that knee and try and come round. Um, yeah, I think maybe, you know, with what Lewis was saying about the, you know, knowing he was going to retire either or way, I think at that point when you're in that submission, maybe he just didn't want to give the fight like he would if he still had thoughts of having a long, longer career. Mm. Um, yeah, he just waited it out, really, and then gave those taps. But just didn't try to change and exchange position. It wasn't a closed-off guard. It was a one-hooks guard that's, that's still partially open for a, an exchange on position, but he didn't even fight to do it. Yeah. So uh, Joel Alvarez uh, defeated Joe Duffy by submission via guillotine, two minutes twenty-five of the first round. Uh, so then we're going to move on to the the main card. Uh, the first fight was uh, Alexander Panchura versus Askar Askarov. Um, this I thought was the first banger of the night. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Lewis, what's your kind of thoughts of that first round of this one? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Amazing. What transitions he was throwing up, you know. And just didn't care about like you know, losing position. He was just going flat out submission, attack, get up, work. I thought I thought he was awesome. But, um, the fitness mate gets me. Like being like I know you two, like you're a fighter, Danny's an ex fighter and a coach. Like I it's the, the fitness for him to be able to go, get up, go, go. He was like a Duracell bunny, just constant, like, from the first that, minute to the end. As a, as a, as a you know, a lighter fighter, one, two, five, you've got to be, um, uh, you know, a fit, a fit fighter, you know, because the, the movements are so much faster. You know, the, the speed and just the way everyone is at that weight, you've got to be prepared for quick exchanges. Mm. You know, you've got it's to be impressive. Fit. Really, fit. really, yeah. really. It's so enjoyable to watch this fight was. Um, Danny, what did you make of that first round? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Pajura, is that how you said? Uh, Pantura, I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he utterly impressed me with the jiu-jitsu skills. But nevertheless, those jiu-jitsu skills he was uh, you know, trying to pull off were all on, on his back. 
that both takes a lot of energy and they're always potentially consequential from a gas pass for the, the, the top opponent and also the uh, ground and pound. So it's a weird case where uh, Pantura, Pantura, Pantura. Pantoja, <laughs> he was kind of like where he was happy to be, but likewise, I feel like um, uh, Askarov was where he wanted to be. I think he was happy to play top position, having submissions fired up at him. He looked fully aware of the potential dangers. And as much as those submissions were all coming up, he never really looked in proper danger of having them tied up off on onto him. Um, it was all good for the eye, good for viewing. Because um, I think sometimes the jiu-jitsu aspect in modern times in MMA has kind of not been able to be seen. Um, in People don't always appreciate sort of it, do they? Yeah, and, well, it's, it's damn hard to get someone down now and really hard to get someone down and exchange actual jiu-jitsu moves anymore. You know, normally it's a case of the top guys throwing down ground and pound and elbows and the guy underneath is trying to find a way to get back up. Mm. So to see someone actually uh, embrace the underneath position and find ways to fire up submissions that were visual and all, and all potential could, could have been pulled off uh, was good and refreshing to see. Yeah, I thought it was a very enjoyable fight. It was just balls to the wall for the whole for the whole first round. Did you did you both give that first round to Pantura, or did you think anyone think Askarov won that first round? I went. I went for Pantura. I mean, just on um, on uh, f- uh, fight fight. F- uh, yeah, trying to finish the fight. That's yeah. what I, I look at a lot. He was always looking to finish that fight. Uh, yeah, you know, I said even if the submission attempts weren't close, you know, he, he was still trying. You know, yeah. And in the first two minutes, he must have you know put on five legitimate attempts. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, that first round had to go to uh, Panjora for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I and I think. Go on, Dan. Yeah. No, go on, Dan. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. There, there was a guillotine attempt, a triangle into an armbar attempt, and, and then there was a back sure. take. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, really, really swift. I think the other guy was trying to prep up a leg lock of some sort and then uh, got counted on it. Right, um, yeah, yeah it was really, really was impressive to see. Yeah, um, I think any submission attempt to force an exchange of a position to defend it is a submission attempt enough for me. To, the, to me, that's mm-hmm. that's not a strike being thrown and missing. That's a strike being thrown, okay, and you, you've blocked it, but it was an attack nevertheless, uh, an attack that you know, Askarov had to defend with. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Askarov, to me, was having to defend numerous times and um, and didn't get a chance to counter effectively, which is why I also gave the nod for Pantoja. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, the second round was much, much similar. Um, again, fast. Uh, fast action, submission attempts. Uh, Danny, what did you make of the second round? Yeah, I, I I edged this one for Askarov. I felt like you know he's wrestling and you know pushing up. They were still really close, but I just felt like he he was just being a little bit more effective uh, with his striking. Had a little bit of t- uh, better tighter defense with the strikes, and uh, was trying to initiate those those takedowns. It looked like he was just putting more overall energy in, whereas the first round was obviously on the flip side. Um, yeah, so I I just give the very, very slight nod nod on work rate. And moving forward for Askarov. Okay. Uh, did you? Was it about you, Lewis, for that second round? Did you get that one? Yeah. Again, I, I went the same. You know, he was starting to implement his wrestling and land some clean strikes. It's just a pity that because um, I thought uh, Pange, Pangea was 
Well, I'm sorry, I hope you pronounce it. Was so looked so good in the first round, but then still had the same score. You know, going going into the third, you know, it was, I personally thought it was one apiece. But then, I yeah, still, yeah. in my mind, what stuck out was Panchea in that first round. You know, and yeah, he was even yeah. going even going into the third. I, I kind of felt a bit disappointed for him that um, it was all on the last round. You know, but yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I thought he was really impressive, uh, Panjo. I thought both were. I thought Askarov was pretty good too. But I just there was something about the way um, Panjoro was going about his business and the speed of it that uh, really kind of caught my eye. Um, so, so you guys both gave the second round to Askarov, um, and then the third round. Uh, where did you see that going, Lewis? The third round, how did you see that one? Uh, again, I put it to Askarov, um, just because he just looked like he had a lot more to give in the tank. He was more effective in that round, and I think um, Panjaya threw it. I think Percy threw. It. I know, of course, he's tired, but all he needed to do was just keep working because he was just standing there looking at him, you know, for the last in that last round where, where, where the judges are mm. making up their minds, and that fight is in the last thirty seconds or minute. Um, and he's just standing there looking, not not doing anything, not fainting. Mm. Um, and that's where Ashworth was, was was trying to stay busy and just, just pipped him at the post, I think, really, with that last one. Yeah, it's interesting. but I, I um, So I had the first two rounds to Panjura and then the third one to Ashworth. But then, you know, I'll, I'm more than happy to go with the professionals. And uh, the, the the official result was that Askarov, uh, ranked number seven, beat ranked number four, Alexander Panchoro by unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Uh, Danny, was there anything you wanted to add about that third round, mate? No, I just feel like uh, Panchoro had his moment to win. Um, you know, quite early on in the round, he scored a crosshand that put uh, Askarov on his ass, And we've seen how good the groundwork as Panjura is, um, mm. I think he could have made more of it and kept uh, Ashcroft down. I mean, Ashcroft's not going to be on his back with that wrestling skill for anything other than the fact of being punched and put on his ass. He was put on his ass, and that was a real good opportunity for Panjura to try to show off some top game jiu-jitsu and uh, keep him down. But he just didn't. He was too loose because I think he was getting too tired. And in the striking, his work rate had tapered off and his hands were low. Um, and that's why I also give the nod on that third round to uh, Askroff. Okay, cool. Uh, next up was Ariane Lipsky versus Luana Carolina. Uh, this one only went a couple. Oh no, yeah, this one went. What did I say? Uh, minute and twenty-eight of the first round. It was a very, very brief. Um, yeah, this is. I love this knee bar. I got to say, I thought he was slick. I wanted to look away. It's like, oh, look painful, didn't it? Some, something's going to break here. It's like, ah, oh, man. Knees are not supposed to bend that way, and um, ah, she yeah. didn't. And um, screaming. She didn't she want to screaming. tap, did she? Um, and it was kind of like, it was almost like um, Lipsky was like, I don't want to push it no more, but she didn't want to tap. Then she pushed her and she screamed and tapped, and it was like, yeah, oh, yeah, nasty looking. But uh, I thought Lipsky looked pretty good. In, I thought, do you know, in the I know it was only a minute and twenty-eight. Um, I didn't think Carolina looked that bad. She had a couple of nice uh, sort of counter strikes combination at the start, but Lipsky did did the business quickly. Uh, Lewis, what do you make of this one? 
Yeah, again, I think Gabby was a bad fight on their feet, but I, I think she felt quite safe on it. But I think she thought that she was winning the the leg exchange because yeah. she was definitely she was definitely sat in a calf slicer, you know, yeah, yeah. just yeah, complete, that's... completely ignored it. Went, oh look, a leg, mm-hmm. and started mm-hmm. pulling the leg round, you know. So it, it yeah, wasn't um, it wasn't quick the way she picked like. Where she gets the leg that she puts the knee bar on, she, it's not like she she whipped it out. She is like sorting through the limbs and carefully yeah. just pulled it out and then applied the knee bar. Now, you know, I know, like I say, I'm not a professional coach or anything, but to me, I was thinking, like especially when I watched it after, I was thinking, is there something that she, you know, she didn't seem to react as she was getting older that leg to put the knee bar on, and I just was thinking, is there something she could have done? But her legs tied up, like her other leg is so tied up. I don't know if she's had nowhere to go. Like, I personally think she just invested. I, I think she uh, she was invested in that calf slicer off her back mm. and um, didn't see the danger that was coming. Ah, it's good. She looks yeah, in pain um, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, did you grab the leg? I mean, she's needed needed the mental discipline to let go of a submission you know it yeah. takes a lot for a fighter to be in a good position but still realize you know they might have to let go how many fights do you see burn out because they're like squeezing the submission and that same year you know because she had the calf slice i think that she was fully invested in that a bit panicked from being on her back mm. and then uh, she thought she was going to get it and the other girl just went oh look yeah, I love that. Thank you. I'll see, see if I can bend this back. <laughs> and apparently she can. <laughs> yeah, she paid for it. She paid for it. Um, so yeah, Dan. Simple as just she she made an error, and uh, uh, she so got the, caught. Yeah, I mean she was uh, totally right to go for the 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 calf splicer. To, to me, a sky uh, um, a calf splicer to work. The, the way it should be uh, effective to do so it's not so much to damage the calf but to literally detonate that knee and mm. to do that you've got to have the lower part of your shin wedged right to the back of the knee she had all that set up but the issue and why it didn't work was because she didn't triangle off um that leg that got knee barred she didn't triangle it around the foot and ankle of the inserted leg and um, because that what that would have done is give equal pressure for both her pushing her outside knee for the leg that was engaged uh, to her opponent's knee uh, behind the opponent's knee to push that knee out and to use the triangle to push mm. with equal disparity behind the knee. Um, the re- whole reason why that knee splicer didn't work or, or calf splicer, splicer didn't work was because that leg didn't triangle the foot. So she would have had uh, uneven pressure behind the leg, which is why you never see a wince in pain. Now, trust me, being put in a calf splicer is not a position to sit and look comfortable in if yeah. if it's done properly. It was done wrong for that reason. Of course, because she didn't engage that leg as a triangle over the other leg, it put it in the firing line for that knee bar. So uh, although it was an impressive setup, it was not put in completion. Maybe she wasn't aware how to complete it in its entirety and she left her leg hanging. So to me, she got totally uh, countered and deservingly so. She kind of set herself up there for, for the counter on the fall. Yes. Uh, next up was uh, another British fighter, uh, the last one of the evening, uh, Mark De Casey versus Raphael Fivev. Five um, this one went the distance. Um, very, very sort of. We'll go quickly, quickly through the rounds. You can uh, just give your opinions of how you think it went. 
and uh, who you gave it to. Uh, Danny, you go first, mate. First round, how did you see that? Yeah, let me get my notes. You're getting ahead of me here. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this one, yeah, that, that Rafael, he, he had a little bit of a shaky beginning because I think he's under pressure on these. I was talking a lot about, you know, that, that he's a head coach. Um, at Tiger Muay Thai, I think it, it was what they said. Um but once he started throwing, oh my goodness, everything he was throwing was with full venom. There, there was no, you know, pretty setups or anything like that. He was just thrown with full ball. Um, and to me, it got impressive, more so impressive as the fight went off, or went on. Um, uh, Takeshi, you know, he's, he's really impressive too. We, uh, we've seen him, you know, mature nicely. And we know he's got good striking as well. But, well, oh, Fivev's, uh, he was looking a potential monster in there it really was and we started to see that monster come out of its cage in the second and third round but um first round was a little close but you know to me you had to give it to uh uh Fiziev. yeah i i i gave it to Fiziev as well uh lewis what do you think of that first round mate yeah again to Fiziev and um i mean it's it's hard because he just he looked like he just gained momentum throughout the fight and as danny's saying he just it's hard to hard to pick around, you know, because he looked really fantastic in the mall. Everything he yeah, threw was yeah. hard. The kick, the kicks were coming up wickedly, you know. And and yeah. the Kesey took some 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 body, you know, some body kicks that you know put down <laughs> anyone, you know. And you think, yeah, yeah. you know, it's fair play to him. And, you know, so the first round I thought, you know, it was uh, Fiziev's, but it was only because he's finding his feet. And, and again, yeah, it took him a little while. It, right in that first half, it was looking like it was going to be a close bout. But once Fivier found his feet, he just got from strength to strength. He really did. Yeah, and I thought, you know, there was points where, like, Decazy looked quite dangerous. But um, Fiziev just got going, didn't he? And um, he was really good. But... Um, yeah, it was just. Uh, this is one of the reasons I really enjoy and not having the fans in the in the arenas is when you get those body kicks, like Lewis just mentioned. You can really, really hear the power behind them as they smash into the smash yeah. into the ribs and that. Um, but it just adds to the fight. And it adds to the um, like you're engrossed in it, and you, particularly when it's like quite an entertaining fight. The uh, the thuds and the slaps as they go around is really interesting and it makes it more enjoyable I think yeah Fiziev looks solid on the ground as well I mean you mustn't overlook the fact that you know he landed a really nasty looking knee and had the posture control from standing and dragged Takursi down to the mat um, and it wasn't like he was just wanting to get back standing he was happy to play top position underneath and looked really controlling he looked like you know he definitely knows what he's doing on the ground too um, this guy's going to be someone to watch I think uh, he, he could be a contender in the coming coming fights if he keeps winning in the fashion that he did yeah 100 percent um right round two uh danny what did you think of that mate yeah it's become more of the same but uh this time um Fiviev was looking every bit of the hunter he was in the latter part of that first round and the, the way he was entering that first round was the way the the second round was beginning and the momentum just kept growing uh, and again it's just those body kicks just were brutal but respect to uh, Casey you know, he didn't really flinch with him I mean he's got to have been feeling him um, I know yeah. he's putting the ice pack on his rib so 
he must be he must have been saying that my head, my ribs are sore, but absolutely stone face. Um, he'll make a wicked poker player because he just didn't yeah. express any of those kicks to be hurting. But yeah, uh, but nevertheless, you know, receiving the kick well and not showing that they hurt is not winning him back any of the rounds, and so he dropped another round in my opinion. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and uh, the other thing with the Casey, I think, is like he's he hasn't quite been able to implement his offensive skill set since he's been in the UFC. Like you, you see it now and again, but he hasn't quite been able to get it going and connect mm. with uh, some of those shots. You know, he's clearly a super talented guy who's got an incredible skill set of particularly his like his striking range is incredible. But he just I feel like he hasn't quite been able to show what he can do in the UFC yet and um Fiziev wasn't having any of it he wasn't going to let him show it to that uh, during this fight um did you give that second round to uh Fiziev uh, Lewis as well yeah I give it to him I mean as soon as he tried to throw throw any hands you know you getting hit, hit with those body kicks and then that Fiziev again throwing hands you know sorry throwing hands hard everything was everything was coming from Fiziev was short sharp and fast and, um, you know, it sort of just started to look um, a little bit out class because he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. It's, um, I still think there's something there with the Casey, and he's, you know, there's something for him to work on. I think he just, I think he needs the right opponent. Um, and Fiziev just wasn't it in terms of uh, being the opponent for the Casey. Like, the third round was pretty much. Um, identical, I thought, to the first two in terms of Fiziev pretty much dominated it without like it, I they, I don't think any of them were anywhere near like a ten eight, but they were pretty dominant. That third round, Dan, did you give that to Fiziev as well? I did give it to Fiziev, but I did feel like uh, Casey knew he was rounds down, and um, it looked like he had a little bit more urgency in what he was doing, and he, he had a little bit more success. And part of that was down to the fact that Fiziev was slowing very, very slightly. Um, so it did get landed upon a little bit more. But uh, I think by then, also, um, a lot of the dangerous fighting potential of the case's game had already been uh, kicked out of him, literally. But he, he was in it till the end. Um, that would have perhaps been a really good fight to see, go five rounds to see whether Fiziev may have fizzled out, so to speak. Yeah, um, and perhaps if the Casey would have come on stronger in the championship rounds... Um, so maybe that's the kind of fight that would suit the Casey's style. You know, maybe it's just got that tempo that's better for a longer duration bout. I don't know. But you're, I think you're right. You know, his skill set is is higher than what we've been able to witness with this. I just think Fiziev was just so impressive. But um, I just hope that we do say Casey again. I think he's an exciting fighter. I think we still got good things to come from him. Um, and it was just a very, very difficult opponent. He was just outmatched that day. But in the future, these two, two could match up more closely, perhaps with a little bit more experience for Takeshi. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, did you have that third round for Fiziev uh, Lewis as well? Yeah, again, it was just, um, he was all class, but he was still in it, you know, um, the last minute or so, you know, he got some emergency back, realised he needed, needed to finish the fight and started to get a bit of success. Well, obviously, it's just a bit too little too late with him. Um, but plenty to come from the case, you know, I mean, he's injured and learned from that. that. That guy's clearly a world-class striker. Yeah. Fight MMA, you know? 
and uh, that's experience. You know, you can't buy it. Mean, it's going to come from that, obviously, the bit sore. Then he's going to, you know, a fight with that level and that level of strike, and can pin, pin, pin him away. It couldn't stop him, and he hit him with bloody everything. You know, those, those, those body kicks. You know, as I said, <laughs> echoing around the arena. You don't, you don't understand how much you take out of you, and how much you know, in your head you go, oh, you know, I don't want any more of them. But you're feeling it. I fair play to him. The heart, the heart of a fighter, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. He didn't even, uh, he didn't even flinch. He was like proper, just taking it. Um, impressive, but uh, Fiziev won by unanimous decision, uh, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an entertaining fight, um, but yeah, I hope they match, I'd like to see a match to Casey up against uh, like a real striker in his next bout, see, see if we can really see what he can, he can show what he can do, because I think there's, you know, 100% there's an exciting fighter in there. He just couldn't get it going tonight or in this fight. Um, next up was another very, very quick fight. Uh, number six ranked Jack Hermanson fought uh, number seven ranked uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, Hermanson won via a heel hook in one minute 18 of the first round. This was bizarre to me because he nearly gets it once and Gastelum just doesn't seem to be worried about it so he doesn't care he's like he almost gives his legs to him and he's like yeah I'm not in any danger and he kind of gets out of it and then probably 30 seconds later he's back in another one and it's all over uh, Danny what do you make of this one mate yeah I think I was really excited when I first see Gaslam actually looking like he was donning a shallow six pack he can mm-hmm, come in a little mm-hmm. soft-bodied. I'm not to say that he doesn't train hard. It, yeah. You know, uh, but it just looked like he's taken the fight game even more serious than he had done previously, maybe getting some diet issues sorted out. And to me, he's not big at the weight. Uh, he just no. don't look as, as big as his opponents. I know he's not the tallest, but he, he doesn't have an, uh, like a, a build to compensate for the height and reach that he gives away to many of his opponents. But you're right, it was a little bit strange. Um, he just kept on using the most basic form of defending the leg lock in a position, which is to turn away and sort of kick out of it. Uh, that's sort of like what happens in stage one one and two of a potential five for the leg lock to be completed. Um, so he's just using the basic form. But when he lost his balance and went down, he didn't appear to honestly have know-how about being step three, four or five into the heel hook or into the leg lock arena. Um, he was a little lost. He was kind of like sat, sat there looking at his foot just hoping something was going to happen for him to get out he just didn't have answers for it um so yeah quite possibly seen a little bit of a hole in his game there leg mm-hmm. locks uh, has become a huge part of the nogi uh, grappling arena and trust me mma fighters are real advocates of every type of striking system and grappling system and they'll be getting well versed in these leg locks and you have to know your defenses we saw a knee bar um because of uh, leg exchanges uh on that evening and now we see this heel hook if um, all the fighters don't all learn up together at the same rate, you're going to see these kind of leg lock finishes uh, more and more and more. Um, yeah, that, that really should have been happening, I don't think, in MMA. I, th- I think leg locks do have their place, but with some simple awareness, you, you, you can floyd these leg locks at the first two stages of a prep up. 
is mm. when it starts getting to three, four, and five, you're kind of getting tied in and having to exchange some knowledgeable defence. Gaston didn't look like he had it to me. Yeah, it was just it was weird to me. Like I just I was looking at it and I just couldn't. He didn't seem like to have any urgency whatsoever to get out of it. Um, yeah, because he didn't. He wasn't aware of the danger. That's what I really think. I don't. I just think he was going, thought he was going to be okay. Clearly, he's not training with leg lock specialists. Um, yeah. To to know how dangerous that that situation was for him. Um, Lewis, just before I ask you about the leg lock, you're a welterweight. Uh, Gastelum's fought a welterweight before. This was a middleweight. He's five foot nine, quite short for uh, for that, those weights. He'll be back now. Um, well, I'll ask you the same question while we just wait for him to come back in. Um, what is five foot nine? Is that what's that yeah. like for a middleweight height? Is that quite I mean, short? Or yeah. I mean, you, you can certainly get by with it. Don't get me wrong, but you would think there would be, you know, a, a massive physical advantage in another way, like you know, being extremely broad or you know, really thick hipped and legged uh, to take advantages with your physicality elsewhere. Gaston just doesn't seem to have uh, an advantage in size, even though, you know, he's as short as he is. He, he doesn't look any bigger built than his opponent. His opponent's like a six-footer. Mm. Um, yeah, so you do, you've got to wonder whether, you know, maybe, you know, could he cut down? Because I think he'd be a devastating lightweight if he can get there, but that seven kgs might be a step too much. Yeah, um, Lewis, what did you make of uh, Gastelum and versus the heel hook? Because um, yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, again, the first pick that was, it was an amazing reversal, wasn't it? With that lack of drop, I thought that was awesome. Um, but um, heel hooks have got their place in MMA, definitely. But he, he showed he showed that he was going to go for the leg initially. And he didn't defend it, and then he went back into the leg, mm. um, and then got it. I mean, it wasn't maybe he didn't do anything to defend it. I mean, yeah. stand over your leg, do something, put your weight on it, yeah. stand up, punch him, get up and rip away. I know he tied the back leg. He didn't put anything in place. Didn't put. Just so sort of watched it happen as if he didn't know what, what was going on, as if he didn't know what to do. And um, that's it. I mean, in MMA, you've got to be careful going for the feet because you commit too much. Mm. But it just it doesn't, it doesn't happen to him. He doesn't get people who heel hook in the gym. And, you know, just he doesn't respect him at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, um, and that's what I thought it was. Like I said, like I said about I, he lacked urgency. I felt like he didn't respect the position that he was in in terms of he didn't respect the danger that he was in he didn't think it was a like a fight ending position so i think he didn't have the urgency to you know to really try and get out of it and before you knew it it was all over and too late um and then we had the main event which was uh uh flyweight championship and you had number one ranked uh figurado versus joseph benavides um, Figueredo is an animal, Danny. The yeah, beast. He looked, looked better than ever. He absolutely did. The striking was absolutely on point. I felt like it, uh, Figueredo, after they fought previously, had gone back and started setting up a game plan uh, for Benavides. Um, and Benavides, if you think about it, all his fights, he's looked exactly the same. 
he's not pretty to look at. He doesn't have like um, slick submissions as such. You know, if he jumps on the guillotine, yeah, he can be you know strong on that. But he, you know, he's not a transition guy on the ground. Yes, we know he can wrestle. Um, his strike is effective because he throws with so much venom, but it's not attractive by any stretch. He's not got beautiful boxing angles or or sexy looking kicks. Fairly crude, and it's got him quite far. But I just felt like uh, Figueroa has just done more accomplished in in skill level and technical level throughout. And on top of that is one mean motherfucker. He really is. Oh, yeah. um, he throws with intent. He throws with precision. Um, he's got grappling skills. And he was utterly all over Benavidez. Now, Benavidez must have some gills somewhere else on the body because some of those rear chokes look like he should have been tapping. But he toughed it out and actually thought, well, OK, look, he's obviously just... He's able just to sit out these chokes. But that final one, he kind of had a bit of a twist on it and it looked ugly, it looked awful. And, um, you know, Benavidez, respect to him to take it as far as to go asleep. Uh, yeah, Figueroa, monster. I, I just don't know who's going to touch him in that division right now. Yeah, that's that's the that's the issue, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. Like, who do you fight? Who do you match him against? Um yeah. Lewis, what did you make of? Uh, but we, I mean, we talked off air about uh, Benavidez being just—he always looks a bit awkward. But um, you know, Figueredo was exceptionally impressive. What did you make of this one? I mean, Benavidez does look ugly, doesn't he? He does have a weird style. Uh, I mean, it just—I just—you know—you don't know what you don't know what to do. You don't know what he's going to throw at you. But um, you know, Figueredo is just. His striking was so sharp at one point. I mean, everything was full extension. Those right hands were hitting him and hitting him clean. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to criticise or find much holes in his game with that with that performance. I mean, he, um, you know, okay, <laughs> he looked he looked on point. He looked scary. He looked like a man who's just always well, he's just about to win a world title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, that choke. People say like, "Are oh, you? Why didn't he tap?" I said, "I think he didn't know where he was. You know, he's going to hit once or twice. He's still when he was on the floor. He didn't know what was going on anyway. No, he just all of a sudden was way with the thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, Lewis, what, if that had got to the end of the round, would, I was thinking if that got to the end of the round, I would have scored that probably as a ten-eight. Oh uh, yeah, that would be a ten-eight round, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got feet 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 in everywhere. Yeah. I mean, um, Benavidez didn't get anything off at all. I mean, mm. it. Uh, I wouldn't. I, as a comment, I'd be thinking, I don't want a second round. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> this is the one But uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Again, as I said, you know, what 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 advice would you give to Benavidez for that? If you're calling him, mm. you, you just. You know what would you do? <laughs> he's just yeah. on day that he's just not not able to deal with him. Yeah, you just have to say, stay on your stool, <laughs> don't come out. <laughs> I think um, so. I was just looking at the flyweight rankings to see who could possibly go up against him, um, and it's kind of like you've got Benavidez, then you've got Moreno, then you've got Pan. Uh, Pantoja, who we saw earlier in the night, uh, Formiga, uh, Askarov, uh, there's a couple of others, Perez. Like, to me, there's not 
any which I think automatically like yeah that's the guy to that's the guy that might stop him maybe like a I'd quite like to see Formiga maybe or ask maybe even Askarov he looked quite he had a yeah. you know he had an impressive night's work maybe him um or Moreno maybe yeah. but I mean uh, Askarov I think he's got the cardio and he's got the style to at least flight that dangerous striking style and maybe be able to tire it out of him if he can get for, through the first few rounds and um, clearly Askarov is fit so that that could be one that's that, that could be good on the cards. Yeah, who did? Um, what was the other fight, Dan? With the last thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you strike all that down, and it's getting yeah. hurt. You know, uh, I know what you mean like the rest and the fitness. If you can get all of them and set that range down, yeah, 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 it would change the dynamic and be a good fight. Yeah. I was trying to think, Dan. Who were who was the last fight we covered? Um, Figueredo versus, and in February it was, and it was against Benavides as well. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. He stopped yeah. the TKO'd him, didn't he? Of course. Yeah. In the second yeah, second a, round that it, time. It, they had, they had really nice exchanges. Mm. Um, it was a, a lot more closer looking fight, but um, I think was it a clash of heads that happened in that one? Uh, yeah, I possibly. I, I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah, it was a, there was a nasty head clash in it. But the problem but, yeah. you've got is um, Formiga, uh, Formiga uh, Figueredo has already beaten uh, Tim Elliott, Pantoja, Formiga, uh, Morales, uh, Beltran. So, like, all those names in the rankings, I think there's only mm. a couple who uh, he hasn't beaten already. Um, yeah. Maybe Moreno, um, Askarov, mm. and Perez, I think, just looking off the top of my head there, they're the three which he hasn't already beaten. In the yeah. top hasn't, half of the uh, rankings, Figueredo hasn't he a couple of times had some issues with weight cuts? If I remember rightly, I'm I think not sure. Yeah, possibly weight quite quite. However, look back. He could I go take, up a weight. Yeah, I take that back. He did lose. He lost to Formiga last year uh, on the Thompson Pettis card. So I mean, you could rematch them. Yeah. Um, seeing as he's got a victory over. Yeah, from, was that uh, a decision? Was Figueredo, that, yeah, unanimous decision think, that was. Yeah, I think he fatigued in this mm. match. Uh, but again, I think this is due to that he, he didn't have his weight cut down. I think he's had issues. Okay. Um, yeah, so, that'd be you know, a, Going be up a weight is a possibility for him. If he's that dominant, you know, go up and, and challenge yourself. Go up a weight. That's what the flyweights keep doing, though, isn't it? This, um, you had uh, Mighty Mouse today and, and yeah. um, what's the other one? Cejudo. Yeah. They need someone to stay in flyweight and defend the title and have sure. some fighters fight for it. But I mean, yeah. Um, okay, so just to finish off uh, this evening's talk, uh, we got a question for Lewis, and also I just want to preview or give our predictions for next Saturday's UFC card, which again has got a couple of British guys on, which is always good to see one in the main event as well. Um, so, Lewis, we'll go to you first, mate. The question someone sent in was, um, could you tell us about some of the Welsh talent that you're excited about coming through over the next couple of years? I mean, uh, well, it's, it's quite a big roster coming through, really. I mean, you got the top of the card, really. you got Mason, who's Cage Warriors champion at the minute. So, waiting any day for him to get signed. You know, and he's he's a really passionate, strong uh, fighter. Um Got then, Owen Elliott, 
tip who's yeah. uh, just three and no. Uh, he's very mistaken. You take you got a lot of good things to say about him. Um, but Scotty Pedersen, I think he's coming pro now, uh, which is really nice to see because he's done all the IMAF stuff, etc. I got a guy Ben Ellis, two and uh, He's looking good. He's looking tip. I got, I got, I got, I got a kid. He's um, a kid. About fifty-seven k. I'm talking to my. I don't know if he's gonna fight yet. Girls or kids or something, but he, he, he's dynamite. Like he's like Ethan Silvito. Hi. There we but go. Yeah, yeah cool. Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, there's some names on there. Like um, Oban. Whenever I speak to Shaky, he likes to like. I always ask him about Oban. Like I speak to Oban a bit anyway. But like Shaky rates him really, really highly. And um. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see this. This coronavirus has obviously kind of put a put a block in many plans. I think, um, in terms of guys pushing on to that next level. But um, but then one of the guys on this card, which we're going to talk about now, Jay Herbert, um, obviously was due to fight on UFC London card. Um, so it's good to see him, you know, into this. Um, okay, so uh, the prelims for next Saturday, we've got. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo versus Jay Herbert. Uh, Danny, who you got for that one, mate? Uh, Jay Herbert. 100%. What about you, Lewis? Go to Jay and we, you know. Go to Jay all the way. Good man. Uh, next up, then, we got uh, Nicholas Darby versus Jesse Ronson. Dan? Uh, let's go, Jesse Ronson. Yeah. What about uh, do you know either? Do you know either of those, uh, Lewis? Because yeah, I, 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 I don't. They're not as well known. That's <laughs> that's the thing with some of these prelims. They're, they're bringing on some real fresh meat. Yeah, hundred percent. And do you know, going back to that card that Modestus was on, the um, I thought the 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 prospects and the the future talent on that card was just incredible. It, it really yeah. just like it was like wow. When you look at where those guys are now, and you can see them yeah. really pushing on in the next year or so, um, tell you what we'll do: we'll skip these prelims until we get uh, someone right. Nathaniel Wood versus John Castaneda. Oh, Danny, I'm going to go Nathaniel. Nathaniel Wood all the way. Lewis, Nathaniel Wood and John Castaneda. Nathaniel only. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with Nathaniel because I think they might match him and Jack together. Um, really if Nathaniel wins, I yeah, think, think that, that could main. I, th- I think that could main event at UFC London That's myself. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they would put yeah. it in the main event because I don't think they would think that it would be a uh, like a good main event. But I think that it would be a good UFC main event for like a London card. Just, right. my, just my opinion, though. Um, Right, okay, and then we've got the main event is Robert Whittaker versus Darren Till. Danny? Oh, I've got to go with Whittaker, man. I think he's just going to be too well-rounded. Mm, okay, and uh, yeah, Lewis, really Darren Till versus Robert Whittaker. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be good. It's going to be a banger, but I, I just think Whitaker can he can just take it to the ground. I think if push comes to shove, I think he he's got that option. Yeah, yeah, possibly. 
But I think also Darren Till's got something to prove after he, he's mm. coming off a loss, isn't he? Yeah. And um, a big loss as well. So I think he's going to be game. Not that he's not normally game, by the way. But um, I think I just got a feeling that he's got something to prove. Uh, I think Whitaker's coming off a bit of a a bit of a layoff as well. I'm going to go with Darren Till. Okay. And uh, then finally, just uh, Fabricio Verdum versus Alexander Gufterston at heavyweight, Danny. That's going to be a good one. Who do you go there? Because um, for Doom, I, I, he had that surprise loss against the Polish guy. I was really shocked about that. Mm. The Polish guy come up, he had fitness galore where he normally gasses out and, and it's not technically good standing. But I think Vadum would have shaken off some of the rust and I'm going to go Vadum. I'm going to go Gufterston. Um, he looked. He just hasn't impressed me. You know. He hasn't. I looked thought the, he was retired. I thought he was giving it up. Yeah, he did. He retired after yeah. the John Jones fight, didn't he? And then, yeah, and he didn't look good. He didn't look good in there. In the rematch, no. No. Um, Lewis, who would you have there? Vadum uh, versus Gufterston at heavyweight. I got Gufterson. I think he's going too fast. Yeah. Too fast. I, yeah, and I think going up away, I think it will actually help him. Um, because he didn't look too great against John Jones, I've got to say. Compared to how he looked in the first fight, um, he just didn't look the same in the rematch. But obviously it was a good few years later as well. Um, I will mention there's one fight that I'm really, really looking forward to, and that is um, Kamzat Chaimev? Chaimev? Chaimev. Chaimev. Jesus Christ. Uh, Kazmat Chaimev versus Reese McKay. Uh Reese McKay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh McKee. Reese McKay. Reese McKee, I think is this. Um but Reese is um I think, if I'm correct, um is a British fighter who was just found out this week that he's been signed by the UFC. Um so he's coming in on short notice. And uh, that Chaimev is a bit of a banger. So I'm quite looking forward to that. I think that's mm. the guy. Um, but I'm going to double check that just in case I'm completely wrong. And then I'll say it again and edit it out so I don't look like a dick. <laughs> no, it is him. It's uh, the East nickname Skeletor in uh, Cage Warriors. I knew I knew, I knew, knew I was right. Question myself. Um, so yeah, he got it. Uh, Graham Boylan put a video on Twitter and Instagram just showing the moment he phoned Reese McKay, uh, Reese McKee and said, you know, you go, you've been signed by the UFC and you're fighting on yeah. the Fight Island card in a couple of days. Yeah. Crack on. That's not, that's not an easy introduction, though. That really has. Yeah, I hope he got um, like a three or four fight contract and didn't yeah, just get a one too. fight deal because that's harsh, yeah. isn't it? One fight Absolutely. deal on a week's notice. Mm. Brutal. Um. All right, we've got a, who's going to win that? Reese McK- McKee or Kamaev? Uh, Lewis? I think they match up quite well. I think um, that wise really match. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a great fight, but uh, obviously Reese has got to keep weight now, if you'll notice. But then same again for, um, uh, what's his name? He's got. He's still got to cut weight, and he's got issues of being being out there already. For yeah, so yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, 
Yeah, I think I'll go with go with Reese. Um, like Kamaya, have only just fought. He fought. Uh, he obviously he beat John Phillips, didn't he? Um, so it'll be interesting how he does, having fought. Because well, I don't know. It's got to be that's unusual for him to put someone in a fight like a week apart, isn't it? What is it? When did mm. when did John Phillips and Jack Shaw fight last Saturday? Was it? Yeah, because they were were they on the Saturday or were they on the Wednesday with Modestus? Modestus on with Modestus. Yeah, God, that's not much time, is it, for Kamaev to second fight in eleven days? Um, we're finishing up now, Lewis. Anyway, thank you for joining us, mate. Appreciate you. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah, cheers, Lewis. Yeah, that's unusual, Dan, isn't it, to have um, a fight a fight twice in eleven days. Yeah, that's yeah, really. That is, I'm really surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, I know he beat John Phillips, you know, relatively simply, but he, yeah, you know, he, he did. did take a couple of shots. Um, yeah, um, I, I mean, I've heard people talk about this guy uh, that in training is absolute monster. So yeah, um, he was a beast, wasn't he? He just like John Phillips is no mug, mate. And um, no, no, I mean he's a banger, absolute banger. Had you know massively successful career, but he know, destroyed him, didn't this, he? Yeah, this guy's no mug, man. Seriously, and um, yeah, it's a I very, see. very harsh introduction for Rhys McKee. Look, Rhys McKee's got he's really tall, really rangy, and he's also really well controlled. Um, everything is methodical about his attacks, his defences, and his counters. Um, and it could could see him through, um, but it's still to me a bit of a big ask. But of course, I'm rooting for Rizmiki. I'd love to see us have more success out there. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope that they have given him a contract with this. It'd be interesting to find out a little bit more it's about a bit it, harsh, isn't it? Before it. Otherwise, yeah, that's that's a hard introduction. So yeah, I, I'd imagine I imagine there is a contract there in place. Of some sort, they can't expect him to do a one-off against a guy like that, um, and then potentially be back out of you. So they're almost guaranteed to be some form of three-fight deal, or four-fight deal, yeah, minimum. Yeah. yeah, I'd say minimum and three. I gotta say, if he go, if Reese McKee goes in there and beats him, you know, he beats well, this guy be... who's just completely destroyed John Phillips. Yeah, yeah. What an introduction that is! He's going to be right uh, up the yeah. card straight away, isn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm. It's a good one. It'll be good, good, good to watch no matter what. But I do think it's a bit of a tall ask if I'm going to be realistic about it. But that's not to say he hasn't got the tools to win. Of course he has. He, he's got decent strike in this lad. He fought our very own Jefferson George, finished him in the first round. It all, it all got set up from a jab that watched uh, hmm. Jefferson. Um, so he's got range. He's clearly got some power there and, and got some good takedown defense as well. I've seen him do well, but this, this, this guy's wrestling is really another level. And at some point, it will be going to the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just see. I just hope he puts in Fingers a good crossed. And he's there in the UFC to stay because he wouldn't be out of place being there. Spot on. And very lastly, mate, I just wanted to um, ask you about uh, well, your impressions of Jack Shaw's uh, performance. Yes, I in was going to Just say, because we've been, you know, we've been doing uh, the Jack Shaw thing. Obviously, we're not doing that this week. But I thought I'd get get your views on it. As soon as you were yeah, there, yeah. I mean, uh, his opponent was a tricky guy, or it didn't look so because Jack Shaw just shut him down. Um, he did an incredible job, so, showed such composure, 
Um, it, just it waited, like didn't he? Yeah, it looks like he's been UFC for years with the way he performed. It really did. Um, a, a, a true star in the making, if you can't class him as a star already. He's um, a prospect. I'm, really, I'm really surprised, Dan, that they keep putting him like on the like the one so, first or second fight on the prelims. Really, sure, I'm surprised. I, to be honest, I think they're, they're just they're, they're looking after him. They know he's a big prospect. Um, I think they're just taking their time with him because of how young he is. And I don't, don't think that's the wrong thing to do. No. You know, uh, um, each fight that he does have on these prelims, they're, they're even harder nut to crack and even harder to find the answers to beat him. It's going to be when he gets onto that main card. I just think he's just going to look even more impressive when he gets on that main card. So, yeah, okay, keep him on the prelims. It ain't going to stop the inevitable of what I think his potential is going to show, and that is that he's a world beater at any level. Yeah. I um, The other thing as well is I just like his composure, but you just feel like he's got to go. He just can do uh, what, it, you know, if it, the fighter wants to take it to the ground, he's he's comfortable. If he wants to stay striking, he's comfortable. Yeah. And... It's it's just very impressive, and what impresses me is yet again, he had four different opponents in about a week. Yeah, that's because right. no one wants to fight him now. Whether that is because no one wants to fight him, or whether it's just a massive coincidence that fighters things keep happening, you know, in in the current climate, it's plausible, I guess. But this has been happening for him for a while. In Cage Warriors, we were discussing the other week when we were looking yeah. back that the fighter had changed at the last minute. Um, sure. And I think it shows tremendous confidence in his own ability and his team's confidence in his ability that they don't care, you know, if the fighter changes. They're always game to go. They're always game to, you know, to take the fight. Um, yeah, absolutely agree. You know, it, it, it seems it doesn't matter what stylistic type fight he's put up against. He's able to enforce his own will and his own way of how he wants to, to go about his win. Um, and, and they're just looking lost on how to deal with him he's literally yeah. just overwhelming them um and, and you not... know each time he steps in against tougher and harder opponents they're not looking tougher and harder he's he's making pretty quick work of these guys um and you've really got to give it not just to jack personally but his team you know uh he's, his dad richard shaw and and his team his training partners they're all doing a fantastic job uh, and the team not just jack shaw but the team as a whole um, are we going to become a regular appearance on the UFC? I really believe that. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's special, mate. I think is the kind of right terminology, special talent. What I find yeah. weird is he he's not very big, um, even yeah. for his you know even for bantamweight he's not that big, yeah. but he just yeah. he just dominates like like he throws around whoever yeah. you know is. Uh, Whoever he's against, he just dominates mm -hmm. them physically yeah, as well does. as technically. And, yeah, as much as you say he ain't that big, he's actually tall. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's taller than his stats say. I think his stats say he's about 5'8", isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, um, they do, yeah. When I, when I saw him out there, it, you know, he's at least my height. And, you know, I was building at like 5'10", or maybe a little shorter than that these days. But, you know, he was definitely on par with my height out there. And I'm sure he's more than 5'8". Yeah. So, you know, he's taller than... The, the stats suggest, and, and therefore bigger than his stats suggest. To me, it's quite long and rangy for that weight division. It's um, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of them things, isn't it? Mate? It's like mm. he can only fight who's in front of him, but it's getting someone to fight him by the sounds of it. Yeah, um, uh, you know, 
every single time I see him perform, I, I'm almost fearless for him, no matter who he fights. I, yeah. I just think he's going to be putting on uh, a good performance no matter what. Stylistically, it appears that he's getting it down to such a level that um, even if someone does figure out a way to make him less effective, he's going to be putting on a, a, an incredible performance uh, against that person. Indeed. Yes, I look forward to our next uh, next instalment of the rise of Jack Shaw yeah. for Cage Warriors. Um, yes. But for now, uh, thank you to everyone who's watched, listened, downloaded, all that good stuff. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Follow the show at Danny Button FS on Twitter, Facebook, uh, not Facebook, Instagram. And uh, follow Ace Podcast Nation everywhere. That is the hub for all our shows and series. We've got loads and loads of good stuff coming up. Um, got an unscripted, uncensored with uh, Cage Warriors star Jordan Vucinic, uh, among other things. So uh, check them out. Give us a subscribe, and we'll uh, see you next week to review just, Darren Till's just card. Just before we finish, finish, and, and just on. a little shout out for as well, Molly McCain. You know, on, on oh, her yeah. fight, Man, her opponent looked devastating and looked really big, really, really strong. Um, you know, uh, Molly will come back from this. She, she's full of tenacity and full of energy. Um, there's a few things that she needs to put correct. Me, she made a couple of mistakes, which were repeated mistakes with her knee shield up against the fence that got her put down time yeah. and time again. Um, she was leaving her foot on the inside when she was knee shielding and not having her foot to the uh, outside, which would give her potential base for that takedown. But um, it was really hard to watch and, and, and see her go through that. But um, yeah, she's a great girl, and I'm sure we're going to see her back and new and improved. Yeah, she's a warrior. She'll be back. Um, oh, yeah, she just she couldn't get going uh, on no. Wednesday. Uh, guys, thanks for watching. Danny, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yes, we'll see you thanks. next week. Network.